And we are live. This is Canada Hoops Daily Presents Wrap It Up Podcast. My name is Sheldon Alexander coming to you live on the other side of the All-Star break. And on the other side of the All-Star break with the dub as the Toronto Raptors are winners, big winners, 121-93 to over the Nets. What a great way to start the unofficial second half of the season. Raptors just doing work. Backcourt duo of Gary Trent Jr. and Emmanuel Quickly just shooting the lights out. Scotty Barnes doing what Scotty Barnes does. A little bit of everything. Solid win for the Raptors, which is a solid pod for us here on the Canada Hoops Daily Presents Wrap It Up podcast. Your live and interactive Toronto Raptors postgame show. It's live and interactive because there's a few ways in which you can connect with us and be a part of the show. That is by going to our YouTube page, which is at Canada Hoops Daily, making sure you subscribe there, you like the video there, and you send us your comments there. Again, that's on YouTube at Canada Hoops Daily. Same thing goes for on Instagram, also under at Canada Hoops Daily. Like and subscribe, send the video, send your comments and questions as well. And then, of course, the app formerly known as Twitter. We got you covered at can hoops daily that's how you interact with the show and of course if you ever miss the show live we got you covered after the show and in the morning for your commutes of course on apple and on spotify you guessed it under canada hoops daily yes we are back to talk about the toronto raptors to wrap up this season we will be here after each and every raptors game so thank you for tuning in and joining me here on said podcast and you know what thank you for tuning in especially while the vibes are high and you know it's been such a weird first half of season and i keep saying first half even though i know it's season's not really split in half you're well over well over a half of the season has gone by but the unofficial half right and you look at what's left of the season, and over the last few days, the Toronto Raptors have been talking a lot about how they want to finish up. You know, Darko, Scotty, they both mentioned that they just want to focus in on, like, they want to go after wins, they want to chase wins, but at the same time, it is about development, it is about chemistry. They also mentioned the fact that there's, like, training camp vibes to what the practice was that they just had post-All-Star break. And so you look at a game like this, you know you're coming out with an agenda, you're coming out focused, and you're facing Nets team that if you're still talking about making a run to the play-in, then that team you got to pass. So the Raptors, you know, this is a, a good sort of a measuring stick game for the Raps. And they're you're, they're coming out of the break where your schedule's kind of tough because you got Brooklyn and then right back at it against Atlanta on a back-to-back. And... The reason why that's super important is because if you're the Raptors, you look at the schedule, you are in 12th place. In 11th place is the Brooklyn Nets. And in 10th place, which is the final playing spot, is the Atlanta Hawks. Right? So you can understand what Darko and company were talking about in the practices post-All-Star break. And it's focus in. We still want to make a run to the play-in. We still want to figure things out and just get dubs. And the way the Raptors came out in this game, pretty much, you know, summed that all up. They came out gunning right from the get-go. And one of the talks, one of the big topics of conversation early in the season and through a lot of the first half was about the Raptors starting on time. And that, you know, you you start with your leader in terms of Scotty Barnes, and he did a good job. You could tell he was he was fired up about this game right from the get-go. Scotty Barnes came out gets the first bucket of the game, but also, you know, he's feeling nice. He's coming off his first all-star appearance. He had a solid all-star appearance, 16 points, most by any Raptor in their all-star debut, right? Things are good for Scotty B. He hits an early three and then does a Mikhail Bridges celebration in Mikhail Bridges's face. I was like, okay, Scotty, <laughs> that's the energy we're coming with tonight to start the game. All right. But then he backed it up. He backed it up. He played a solid game. It was all energy all the time for Scotty Barnes. And I think if you're a Raptors fan, you look at that and listen, 
talk is about Saudi B being the leader. And if he's going to be the leader, he did a really good job in doing so to start this game. I think, you know, at this point, you're a Raptors fan. Scotty Barnes, what he's able to do on a night in, night out basis. And it, it's the reason I want to talk about this is because so much focus becomes on scoring all the time. And Scotty Barnes, when he you watch him play, you see the skill set that he has and the different ways that he's able to impact the game night in, night out. And when you look at it that way, it's such a pleasure to watch because there's so many different ways he can impact it. He's handling the ball a lot, but obviously you're talking about a big rebound game. He also had three steals in this game. And the other part is, to me, the biggest part is just energy. It's contagious. When he comes out that aggressive and he's you know grabbing rebound, pushing the pace, that sets everything else up. You heard them talk about it. You heard IQ talk about it after the game in terms of the Raptors when you get defense in the offense, it just makes everything better for everyone else. You don't got to worry about touches. You don't got to worry about half-court sets and who's getting the ball. I sold this, I sold that. You don't got to worry about all that because everybody can eat. And Scotty Barnes is the guy to start it all for the reps. And he came out with the energy in that first quarter. And I think that was really the key because, you know, coming out of the All-Star break sometimes can be a tough one. You know, you, you might still be... In, in your, you might be smelling like vacation, as uh, Aubrey Graham once said. And the Raptors, the Raptors started off the game four of six from three, and their hot shooting really continued throughout the game, right? They had an early 9 0 run that led to a timeout for the Brooklyn Nets, who, I mean, it's their first game with their brand new coach, Kevin Ollie, now at the helm as Jacques Vaughn was let go. But the, the wraps in this one, the shooting started out great. I mean, you finish off shooting 45% from three, 14 threes in the game overall. But I mean, when the game was in the balance, the Raptors shooters were shooting. And that is Gary Trent Jr. and Emmanuel Quickly. And if that's a production you're getting from your backcourt, if you're the Toronto Raptors, that's the glimpse of what you want to see if you are Masai Ujiri and company. These two guys being super aggressive, these two guys knocking down threes, each of them having five threes, quickly five of eight from three. Gary Trent Jr., five of seven from three. Again, Trent Jr., your high score at 25 points, quickly right behind him with 24. But that's the production they want. So much talk. You hear IQ talking about it. You've heard Darko talking about it. They need him to be aggressive. They need him to take shots. And when he's playing that way, that's when the Raps are at their best. That how That's how this team is set up. It's four quickly to get buckets, right? And the guard that's going to play alongside Scotty Barnes, like he's in this in-between spot where he's playing point guard and you're trying to be a lead guard. You're trying to get your next contract as the lead guard. But also in reality, part of this is the perfect guard to play beside Scotty Barnes is more of a combo guard, the ability to do both. So if once they figure this out, it is the perfect match because Scotty Barnes can push the ball. He can play a little point guard, bring the ball up the floor, quickly can do the same, but also quickly can get busy off the catch and shoot, off the pin down. He comes up, gets the ball, able to knock down threes. To me, watching this team, it's such an interesting experiment dare I say because who knows what the future can hold who knows like what this team can actually be but when you see glimpses like you saw tonight I mean listen Gary Trent Jr. and Emmanuel quickly both two guys also heading into free agency like they're both looking to re-up deals so if they have more nights like this to close out the Raptors season Masai and company might be opening up the checkbooks for both of these guys, but you know, great start for them early Raptors at the half. They actually led 59 48 Scotty Barnes with a great start, 14 points, eight rebounds in that first half, 13 points for Gary Trent jr. And let's be honest, the Nets made a bit of a push in the third quarter, but I mean, the raps, the raps took care of business. 
this was just a, a beautiful raps performance from the get-go where they just took it to the Brooklyn Nets and the Nets had no answers. And the Nets are a team where you're kind of wondering where are they going? Like, who are they? And I think that was part of the move in terms of letting Jacques Vaughn go. Um, you heard Mikhail Bridges in some post games. He was kind of questioning their preparation, we'll say, their game plans. And that's not a good look when your your best players are questioning that. Ben Simmons is still a thing for them for some reason. Now he's come back from injury and he's back in the starting lineup. And, you know, Jacques Vaughn was trying to run the offense through Ben Simmons, which like, I don't know how this is still like, we've seen this for multiple years now. Like, how are you structuring things around Ben Simmons when he can't prove he has yet to prove that he can be on the court for like 10 straight games and remain healthy. But this is a team in transition right now. And if you're the Raptors, this is a team that you need to take care of business against. And I think the Raptors at home did that. That's a big time win for the Raps. That is a really good win. And listen, this might sound cliche. I'm not trying to do that. I'm I if you listen to the pod, you know I'm always trying to give you with the facts, right? I'm always trying to get you the facts. And the reality of the situation is if you're the Raptors and you're serious about trying to get to the play-in to get these guys some experience in terms of a taste of meaningful basketball down the stretch, because the, you know, this is a great start. You're in 12th. You just beat the team in 11th and you play the team in 10th tomorrow night. That's a perfect, perfect test for this Toronto Raptors team. And the other part I want to mention is Raptors playing to win, right? Even if you don't make the play-in, the, or if you lose in the play-in, the chase to get there is valuable experience for a super young team because it's meaningful basketball, right? You're trying to win night in, night out, and you're trying to move up in the standings night in, night out. And, you know, it's kind of like your playoffs are starting now. There are stakes if you set out your goal to make the play-in and now you are chasing that, right? There's a big difference there. And I think them saying, hey, we're going to make a shot here. We're going to try to make the play-in. Why not? I know there was people talking about, do you tank? Do you make sure you get your pick now? Like, I still stand by it. I don't think the Raptors are that are bad enough to ensure that they finish in the bottom six. But I also just think the ping pong balls, even if you do come in six, the ping pong ball still got to go in your favor to make sure you stay in six, right? And with this team, Scotty Barnes, quickly, RJ Barrett, Gary Trent Jr., you want to make sure that you're giving these guys and putting them in a position to legitimately see what you have in this roster going forward. So I think it serves everyone to try to win. And I mean, tanking, what does that really mean? Like, what would a tank look like for this team? Scotty Barnes is still young, so you're not going to sit him. You know, like, I get it if someone's injured, they have like a nagging injury and you want to sit someone. Cool. I get that. But realistically, quickly, RJ, they're still getting acclimated to this team and to Scotty Barnes. You want the most minutes for all of these guys to get used to playing with each other. Tanking doesn't really make sense. It really doesn't. And, you know, you you traded away your pick. You're not going to compound the problem by then trying to tank to close out this season. That doesn't make sense. I think you have a chance if you're the Raptors to build some chemistry. You have a chance to build some momentum. You've heard Darko talk about it. Build momentum heading into the summer and then into next season development, development, development. That's going to be the key. And I think when you see glimpses like this from the raps, signs are positive. The signs are very positive. Quiet night from RJ, but this is the thing that I want to point out to raps fans. You know, you look at a box score and you try to figure out what's good, what matters, what doesn't matter. I always like seeing, okay, we know all these guys can score, right? Night in, night out. Scotty could lead the team in scoring. Gary Trent Jr. could lead the team in scoring. RJ, IQ, either one of those guys could lead the team in scoring. Cool. We know that part already. I like seeing how active some of the other guys are in some of the other categories, right? So if RJ, 12 points on 13 shots tonight, 
Not his best shooting performance that he's had since being on the Raptors. But how else do you impact the game? And I think RJ showing that he can do other things, finishing with seven assists in this game, playmaking in this game, to me, that is a great sign of development for the Raptors. Because if you listen to this pod going back to the 2019 season where we're talking about, you know, that championship team, one of the key parts of that team's success was having guys that can do multiple things. If you're not scoring, are you impacting the game? And to see that from RJ Barrett in a game like this where other guys just have their shots going and you're still able to say, okay, well, I'm still going to be, I can facilitate. I can pass the ball. And you lead the team in assists with seven. That's a dub. That's a big dub. Scotty Barnes on the glass from the get-go, finishing with 12 rebounds, but I think it's the energy that he's able to provide. Like he was chasing down rebounds. He was taking rebounds away from his teammates early on in this game. And you see that energy from Scotty. You see that, you know, he he's he's just pushing the tempo. And once he gets the ball, he's able to lead that fast break. And if he pushes the pace, everyone else follows. I just think that's super important. And the other part of all this is your bench guys, right? I think Grady was solid tonight. You know, he gave you some solid minutes. Um, Kelly is going to get a lot of minutes off the bench. Bruce Brown is still like a very interesting subplot for me the last 20-odd games of this season because I don't really know what's going to happen with Bruce Brown, right? Like, where does he fit into this Raptors future? Because I feel like you know you're trying to build around Scotty, RJ, and IQ. You know that. You know Kelly's going to be around. You know Abaji and Grady are going to be a part of that bench, or they want them to be a part of that bench unit and like contribute. But where does Bruce Brown fit into this? And they're giving him a lot of minutes off the bench. He's getting good minutes off the bench. But what does that mean going forward? I don't really know the answer to that. And Bruce Brown is a guy whose impact, he's the type of player where the impact isn't always going to be in the stat line. He's an energy, you know, he's causing havoc on the defensive end. He can guard the other team's best offensive player. That's mostly his value that he brings. But long-term, what is the value he brings to this Raptors squad? I don't know. But that's another subplot to pay attention to as we wind down this season. But bottom line, big win for the Toronto Raptors, 121 to 93. Scotty Barnes, I mean, listen, I think it was cool to see Scotty Barnes make his first all-star game. Uh I don't I'm pausing because the all-star game, I'm like, what are we really gonna say about the all-star game? I'll just say quickly, I thought I thought like that was trash. And there's so much analysis after the all-star game in terms of what needs to be done, what needs to change, you know, how do you incentivize these guys? And I'm just like, the conversation is not that deep. They just have to try. And it shouldn't be that complicated because it's just, can you try in a game that is to benefit you? <laughs> right? I heard Amin El Hassan just say this perfectly where he's like, aren't you embarrassed? Like self, like if you play in that game, aren't you embarrassed? Like, what do you say to your friends and family after that one? You know, like, Hey, great job, man. You had a great game. Not really. Anyways, all-star game, whatever people getting mad about the all-star game. I'm not, I'm not mad at people who get mad about the all-star game because my thoughts are those are your core fans. And if you're, not getting your core fans, you're definitely not bringing in new fans with that, you know, performance. You're just not. So then what are we doing here? What's the goal here? And you, we could talk about all these things that you could change and, you know, different ideas. And do you move the in-season tournament final to all-star weekend? And it's like, can't you guys just try? How about that? Especially when there's a direct link to the better the all-star game is, the more people might tune in the next year, the more money you can charge sponsors, which is the more money that ends up in your pocket because your salaries are all tied to basketball-related revenue. I don't know. 
I just didn't really think we'd be in a world in which me, Sheldon Alexander, I always say I'm a Leaf fan, not a hockey fan, but I enjoyed NHL All-Star Weekend way better than the NBA All-Star Weekend. That is not something I ever thought I would say. But after that performance of the NBA, that was pathetic through and through. Like, if the highlight was Steph versus Sabrina, and listen, I thought that was great. I thought they both did a great job. Both, you know, dope shooters. Like, it was cool that Steph came back right at the end and won. That's all dope. But that can't be the highlight of All-Star Weekend. It just can't. It just can't, right? So I don't know how you fix it, but I also just think that it, it can't be that difficult to fix. I think you just get all like big time people in a room, meaning whoever you deem as the most important like elder statesman in the league of you know the KD, the the Steph, the LeBron, and then you get like the important younger dudes. Ant-Man, you know, Shay, you get them, you get some of the OGs that have just recently retired, right? Mello, D-Wade, you get some of the OGs, OGs, like, you know, they said, there's a report that Larry Bird went into the locker rooms with Adam Silver before the game and like asked them to try. <laughs> How y'all gonna look at Larry Legend and not try after that? That makes no sense to me. That's insane. Also, also, while we're here, I almost forgot. So I didn't even want to spend this much time talking about the All-Star game. But if we go back, okay, I don't know how many people saw this, but there was a dope, dope, dope feature that they ran in the TNT pregame show, okay? And it was about the 1964 All-Stars. And it was, uh, and you're talking like Oscar Robertson. You're talking like Jerry West. Like there's some big time names, right? And they're in this store, they're in this doc, this story, this feature, pardon me. And they're retelling the story of how all those players were about to strike right before the 1964 All-Star game because it was going to be the first ever televised NBA All-Star game. And they knew it was super important to the owners. And in this story, you have Lenny Wilkins, who was another player who played in that all-star game. They explain how they saw that opportunity as they were going to strike because at that point, they were fighting for health care. Think about that. They were fighting to get protection for future generations of NBA players. Okay. And so right before the All-Star game, the players banded together and said, we're not going out there unless you guys change this rule. So they put everything on the line for future generations of All-Star games before the first ever televised All-Star game. And they run that in this pregame. And I'm watching that. I'm like, yo, that was dope. I almost feel like what they should have done was played that 10-minute feature for all the All-Stars before they went out and played the game. Maybe that's the thing that should have changed it. But anyways, the reason I bring this up is because they ran this incredible story about the 1964 All-Stars who risked everything for today's players. And to repay said 1964 All-Stars, this year's All-Stars couldn't even pretend to try. That's embarrassing for everyone involved. And you could tell Adam Silver was embarrassed. Think about that, right? This story of Oscar Robertson, of Jerry West, Lenny Wilkins, all these guys right before the All-Star game is about to start saying we're not going out there because we're fighting right now so that we can negotiate things for the next generation of NBA players. Forever and ever and ever change the game so that you could have long-term health care in the NBA. Or for the players, sorry. That's like the story is great. The story is amazing. And the story talks about how, like, there were owners coming to the back trying to yell at their players, right? Picture that the owner of the Lakers coming to yell at Jerry West to be like, you guys better play, blah, blah, blah. They talked about how 
uh, Red Arbach's back there yelling at Tommy Heinsohn and Tommy Heinsohn saying, no, we're not going out there and playing. They wouldn't even let the, they had a cop stand outside of the locker room to stop the owners from trying to come in to convince the players to play in the all-star game. So they go to that extent. Okay. To benefit the future of the NBA. And these dudes can't even pretend to try and miss me with the talk about they're afraid of getting hurt. You know why? Because we know that's not true. We see videos every single off season of y'all playing in Rico Hines runs, sweating buckets. So you can't tell me that you're not afraid to get hurt in Rico Hines runs before the NBA all-star game. You're afraid of getting hurt. How does that make sense? Explain that to me. You don't want to play hard against the best players in the world, but you want to play hard against whichever NBA players and then extra random dudes show up to the Rico Hines runs that day. How does that make sense? That's my all-star rant. I'm sorry to do that on the first game back because the Raptors won. And, you know, there's more things we could talk about, Raptors winning. But sometimes I go off on these tangents that have nothing to do with the actual game. And I think that's why y'all tune in, right? Also to celebrate the Raptors being 1-0 post-All-Star break. And I think that's a reason to celebrate. That's a dub for the Raps. There's one other thing I want to mention. And I don't want to mention this right at the end of the pod, so I'm going to say this before, you know, then wrapping up and talking about the game a little more. But it was Caribbean Heritage Night. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. I think that's what it was called. I hope I have that right. Um, At the Raptors game. And <laughs> I have a couple questions, okay? I'm not the prude. I am not, uh, you know, a stickler for the rules, I am not easily offended. That's not who I am, okay? I do believe that we should be able to identify the difference between celebrating and pandering. And listen, the people in charge can decide where that line is. That's why they get paid the big bucks. Merry Christmas to all. I just ask that someone pays attention to what that line is. And the reason I say that is because there has to be a line in my mind. There has to be a line. There needs to be a line in which we deem things that you cannot say on a professional national broadcast. And one of those things, okay, I don't want to get too deep into this. I really don't because this isn't about like calling someone out because that's not what it is. That's not what I want to do. I just want to be able to say that on a national professional broadcast, you should not be talking about the itis. That is not something you should say. And the reason why it's something that you should not say on Caribbean Heritage Night is because you cannot be in a position where you're talking to someone who doesn't know what the origins of the word, the itis, means because if people who you're talking to have to google what that means and then they google what it means i guarantee you they don't want any part of that conversation all i'm saying is we have to do better we all have to do better and again i'm not offended not offended i'm not mad I just think there has to be a line at some point to things that we can and cannot say on TV. And listen, there's podcasts, there's all kinds of different like airwaves in which you can you can say things that, you know, you might not be able to say on a national television broadcast, and I get that and I understand that. There's pods you can swear on and say whatever, but like saying the short form of something that you wouldn't say the full version of that or the person you're speaking to, the people you're speaking to wouldn't say the full version of that. Just saying, what are we doing? 
I was watching the game and I'm thinking, is this real life? Are we in like a simulation here? Like, cause this doesn't seem real. But with that aside, shout out to Caribbean Heritage Night. Um, shout out to Carabana. All that fun stuff. I love me some Carabana. You know, my background is is Trini. And so big shouts to Caribbean Heritage Night. I definitely think it's something that we should do. I definitely love the vibes. I love the soca music. I love the the concerts they were having during the timeouts. All of that is lit. All I'm saying is there has to be a line. And there's a way that we can do this that's not just chasing clicks and chasing engagement and chasing the internet. And you do not need to be talking about the itis on a national professional television broadcast. It's just one man's opinion. Just saying, there should be a line. Just my thoughts. Just my thoughts. I'll leave that to everyone else to decide. And we'll talk about the game a little more because, again, Raptors did win. 121-93, big win after the break. Raptors heading into Atlanta tomorrow night. Back-to-back -back for the Raps. Great start for them. Again, Gary Trent Jr. leading the way with 25 points for the Raps. Manuel quickly right behind him with 24. The two of them combining to hit 10 threes. 10 from your backcourt. That's how you want to start the second half of the season. Scotty Barnes, 7 of 13 from the floor for 18 points. Also give him 12 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals, and a block. Because he's Scotty B. Just an all-out, just great performance from the Toronto Raptors. And a big-time game from the Toronto Raptors. Here, here's what I'm saying, right? Here's what I'm saying. I'm seeing someone in the chat. I'm interested. I want to actually know. I want people to message me. No, I actually, I don't want people to message me about that. I don't. Because I don't want to make this a deeper, longer conversation. But I will say I was annoyed. I was annoyed because I don't like phoniness. I don't like when I feel like I'm being pandered to. I don't like the play play. Or like, I guess there's certain things that we play about that you can't really play with other people about. Like there's a time and place and there's a line. That's it. I don't want to talk about this anymore and I should stop myself from talking about this. And you know what I should do? I should read some comments. Because there are comments in the comment section of this, the Wrap It Up podcast, because that's what we do. It is the live and interactive Toronto Raptors post-game show. And we start with the comment that says, hey, undefeated post-All-Star. I wish Gary could play 80% of tonight consistently. I'm pretty sure that Gary and Gary's agent agree with that comment and wish that Gary could do this on a more consistent basis. Do people like Gary Trent Jr. has every opportunity to be the Raptors starting point guard next season, not point guard, sorry, shooting guard. Pardon me. Right. Every opportunity to do that. Um, and all it is, I think is just consistency, but I really think that that's why the end of this season is such an important stretch because I think the end of this season is where the Raptors have an opportunity to build chemistry for IQ, for RJ, for Gary, for Scotty to build some chemistry, to learn each other's tendencies, where everybody wants the ball, how everybody wants the ball, the best shooting pockets where they want the ball, you know, on the fast break, Gary's going to run to the three-point line. RJ's going to run to the cup. Like all those little things that you're only going to learn through playing with each other. So I think that's dope. Another comment, going back home from the game, what a great W. Perto had a great defensive game. Gary and Emmanuel were in their groove. Other than that, I was busy getting drunk with two Scottish ladies. That's from Asia. <laughs> Hey, sounds like he had a good time. Sounds like he had a good time. And you know what? On a podcast like this, that is on just social media, we can discuss certain things <laughs> like the good time being had because I feel like this is not a professional broadcast, but hey, just one man's opinion, right? And what is that one man's opinions worth? I don't know, but hey.
Raptors win, Raptors win, Raptors win. We will keep this pod short because, again, we know that the Raptors play again very quickly. They win 121-93 to over the Brooklyn Nets. I didn't really talk much about the Brooklyn Nets because there wasn't much pretty to talk about from their side of things. Um, Mikhail Bridges with 21 points in this game, but losing effort. Cam Thomas had 19. Not much else going on. Like They got just blown out, run out of the gym by the Toronto Raptors. I am interested to see, though, which Raptors team comes out on Friday. Is this a Raptors team that is about their business to handle the second night of a back-to-back? Because let's be honest, you just had a week off, so playing on the second night of a back-to-back shouldn't be too big of a deal, right? Shouldn't be that crazy, but we'll see. Because, listen, if the Raptors are able to come out right after the All-Star break, win a game against a team that's just in front of them, and then win another game of the second team they're chasing in the 10th spot for the play-in, listen, we're talking about a different Raptors team at that point. We're talking about play-in games at that point. And say what you want about the play-in, but it makes for exciting basketball down the stretch. You'll be scoreboard watching. You'll be paying attention to what's going on in the other games. You'll be paying attention to the Raptors games. And most importantly, as mentioned earlier, it's just great experience for your young players. You want them to build and develop playing meaningful basketball. Basketball that matters. You need to develop a culture of winning. Winning, winning, winning. I think that is super important especially with young players. You don't want them to get used to losing. So if you can end this season with trying to instill a winning culture and whether you make the play-in or not, whatever. Whether you you win in the play-in and get into the playoffs, cool. That's a bonus. I'm sure they take that as a dub. But listen, you just want to gain experience playing in games that matter if you're the Toronto Raptors. And for one night, they did that. Let's see how they follow it up for sure, because to me, that will be a very key part in seeing what this Raptors team is able to do down the stretch, but also give you some answers in terms of what you have going forward with this young core of Emmanuel Quickly, Scotty Barnes, and RJ Barrett. Shout out to the Raptors for winning on night one of the second quote unquote half of the season. Uh, 121 to 93, the Raptors win over the Brooklyn Nets. My name is Sheldon Alexander. If you're looking for me ever online, know you can follow me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Of course, like and follow the podcast. We're here live after each and every Toronto Raptors game. You can find us on YouTube at Canada Hoops Daily. Same thing on Instagram at Canada Hoops Daily. Subscribe, like, that's how you support the pod and the movement that is the Wrap It Up podcast. And of course, on the app formerly known as Twitter at Can Hoops Daily. If you ever miss us live or you ever tune in late and you're like, oh, wait, I missed the beginning of the pod, either scroll back or go to Apple or Spotify and search Canada Hoops Daily and get the full breakdown there. Obviously, there's so much to talk about in this game tonight, but with the game also being tomorrow night, you know, took some time to talk about the all-star game as well and thoughts there. So if ever you have any comments or questions, we do see them. We do read them. We appreciate them. And I thank you for them because, you know, that's the whole purpose of the show to interact, pick up on the vibes of the fan base and just talk about what's going on in Raptorland. And you know what? We appreciate that. I didn't mention Shay in talking about what happened in all-star weekend, but Huge shouts to Shea as well. Starting in the All-Star game as a Canadian, that is just massive, 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 massive. Shea continuing to do work. And, you know, we're going to see Shea in Toronto in a couple weeks, right? Uh, the, the Thunder will be in Toronto. So that's obviously going to be dope. But again, I could go on forever, but I need to stop this pod because, again, the Raptors play tomorrow night. So more to discuss shortly in Raptorland. Super appreciate people tuning into this, the Wrap It Up podcast, 
as you know, I keep seeing like what what's happening right now. What let me get some comments. So we'll keep the pod going because I'm seeing more people popping into the pod. So let's read some comments and see what's going on in the post game. As I switch over here, I see this quote from Toronto Star Sports Manuel quickly on his ability to hit consistently from three recently. Quote. He says, honestly, I'm shooting so many. One is going to fall eventually. I appreciate the coaching staff staying on me to be aggressive and be like who I am. That part, you know, we talked about it earlier, right? We heard the quotes early on after the trade, Darko insisting, saying that he wants quickly to shoot more. He said, I want him to shoot 10 threes a night. So if your coach is telling you that, he's telling you you got the ultimate green light, what are you going to say to that? You're not going to turn that down. Darko comments on Emmanuel Quickly's 24 points on 8 of 16 shooting performance. Quote, I like his aggressiveness. Our team likes his aggressiveness. His teammates like his aggressiveness. I think he did a really good job of attacking. He has to be in constant, like this is me talking now, close quote, I'll say. But my thought is Emmanuel Quickly in attack mode besides Scotty Barnes and RJ Barrett, that's going to be tough for defenses to match up on. Then add in Gary Trent Jr. just sitting open at three-point line. I mean, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough to stop. More Darko says that he sees some Manu Ginobili and RJ Barrett. Quote, we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago. I told him I see some of that type of play in him. And the fortunate thing about that is Manu Ginobili is his favorite player as well. I mean, listen, vibes are good for the Toronto Raptors right now, and I think that is important. I really do think it is an important thing that you close out the end of this season on some positive vibes. Whatever that leads to, if that leads to wins and the play-in, cool. But ultimately, I still think the goal has to be to try to win games because if you're the Raptors team at this point, you know, you don't really want to be in a position where where you're losing, like your goal is losing. That's why I, I didn't really think tanking was on the table. You don't want Scotty Barnes, you don't want the Scotty Barnes era, quote unquote, to be like impacted by a losing mentality like that. You're, you need the most important thing for the Raptors to do. You need to restart building your team's culture. And losing is not a part of that. Effort is a part of that. Style of play is a part of that. Remember, before the Raptors won a championship, one of the things that was so important was teams that came into Toronto knew what kind of game they were about to get. You knew the Raptors were going to play hard. You knew the Raptors were going to play defense. And it's something I talked about, you know, at the time, but you know, even in the years after, and I, I use this reference because I think even after after the championship season, if you remember, the Raptors played the Nets in the first round of the playoffs, right? Because I think that Nets team was a perfect example of a squad that, if you just play hard in the NBA night in night out, you can be in and around five hundred. If you're in and around five hundred, you're going to be in and around the playoffs. I think with this Raptors team, when you're trying to build a culture, those are the goals. That's the positions that you're trying to get to. You're trying to be a 500 team. What are the, what's their record right now? It's like 20 and 36, something like that. Do I have that right? Let me look it up right here. I can't see it on that. I'm clicking around 20 and 36. I shouldn't second guess myself. I was right. But 20 and 36, right? Like, I thought the Raptors, I, what was their over-under? I want to say it was like 36 and a half. And I took the slight over because I thought they could be a 500 team. And while that might not be in the cards at this point, getting some dubs. It's, it's almost like the Raptors have had three different seasons, right? So you almost have to look at this back end of the, the season post All-Star break as if this is another season within the season. What I mean by that is, you had the start of the year with Pascal and OG, then OG was gone, right? OG was gone, but IQ and RJ came in. That's basically another part of the season, but Pascal was still there. But then Pascal's gone. And then now you have another different part of the season. No more OG, 
No more Pascal, but you got Scotty, you got IQ, you got Bruce Brown. Schroeder was a very important part of this team. Got a lot of minutes, did a lot of ball handling. He's not here anymore. You heard IQ talk about the fact of how much Schroeder helped him, you know, in his short tenure where they were here together. Now not having him, again, this is like another new season. Darko said that much in his practice, his off-day practice sound on Wednesday, where he's talking about the fact that, listen, this team, it's it's kind of like they they had training camp vibes is how I think he described it. And I mean, then add in the fact that you're getting visitors like George St. Pierre at Raptors practice. Have we gotten an explanation as to why George St. Pierre was at the Raptors practice? Do we know what's going on there? Anyone? No? Anyways, here's a comment from the chat that says, I like RJ driving and kicking out, changing the narrative of being tunneled vision. You know what it really is? I all I honestly think it's a matter of getting used to your teammates. And I think it's building trust with your teammates, knowing that I can give up the ball because I can get it back, right? Making the better basketball play. Because after RJ, you know, time and time again, putting his head down and going towards the basket, the defense is going to adjust. So then it's on you to make the adjustment and to make the pass. And I think that RJ, what we saw in tonight's game, it was just a sign of other things that he can do. And you have quickly an RJ in these different spots that they were in in New York. And that's going to get them, it's going to take them a little bit of time to figure out, you know, how they fit in, in their new roles. Roles that they haven't seen. What else do we got here? Uh, it amazes me that you can trade away Pascal and OG and still get 120 points out. Uh, it's the NBA. It's a reminder that everyone in the NBA is really good at basketball, right? It's about opportunity. It's about, you know, buy-in. But at the end of the day, I think that, you know, somebody is going to score in an NBA game. And the Raptors got shooters. Like you lose past, I mean, in terms of putting up 120 points, let's be honest. I think Pascal is more the bigger factor than OG was because Pascal was consistently giving you like 20 plus a night. OG, we know, is in and out of the lineup. Sometimes he'd give you a big game. Sometimes he wouldn't. We know that. But in terms of, you know, being able to put up 120 points, as mentioned, Pascal's gone, but you're getting RJ, you're getting quickly. Both of those guys, I would say, are more consistent scorers than OG Ananobi in the roles that they're given on the Raptors. Right? OG's had every opportunity on the Toronto Raptors to be a guy who, you know, are you going to give us 20 a night? And he hasn't been able to do it. You're just seeing the beginning of RJ and IQ get those same opportunities that OG got for so long. So to me, I think, you know, if you're the Raptors, you're in a position where, hey, let's see what's going on. Let's see what we got here. And both IQ and RJ have been running with that op opportunity right now. And to me, that's a good sign. Huge shouts to everyone tuning into this to wrap it up podcast. We kept it going as more people filled into the chat. And you know what? When that happens, I'm always going to, you know, do that. And, and keep the pod going. Maybe people have more questions. Maybe, you know, people miss the start of the pod, but we appreciate that. We appreciate all the people rocking with the pod and, you know, we're back for the second half of the season. More to come along the way from the Canada Hoops Daily brand. So make sure you stay tuned to the socials for that, for sure. Uh, huge shouts to the comment here that says, hit the like button, ladies and gents. I agree and co-sign that comment. I appreciate that. <laughs> well played, well played, well played. On that note, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning into this. The Canada Hoops Daily Presents Wrap It Up Podcast. Your Toronto Raptors are winners, 121 to 93. Gary Trent Jr. with 25. Emmanuel Quickly with 24. Solid shooting night for them from behind the arc. Quickly went 5 of 8. Gary Trent Jr. went 5 of 7. That's just dope. 
Scotty Barnes with 18 points and 12 rebounds, a big boy night for Scotty B and not much cooking for the Brooklyn Nets is they might be on the downward trajectory for a little bit. And listen, you're still relying on Ben Simmons. When was the last time Ben Simmons was a relevant player on the court? How many seasons has it been? Serious question. It's been a while, right? Like the pandemic was a long time ago. And we're in 2024. We've been back in the arenas with fans for a long time now. Ben Simmons hasn't been a factor in a very long time. In fact, Kevin Durant is now leading another team. (laughs) Kevin Durant has joined another super team since Ben Simmons was on the super team with Kevin Durant. That's insane. So much to say there. Also, speaking of Kevin Durant, have you seen the video tonight online? It's kind of going viral. Uh, As Kevin Durant was running on the court to warm up for the game tonight in Dallas, uh, it appears that a fan called him a bitch. To which Kevin Durant stopped, turned back around, walked over to said fan, and then the fan pretended as if everything was cool. She put her arm out to like shake his hand, and he's kind of like, uh, nah, that's not how this is going to go. Keep that same energy was kind of the vibes KD had there. And I haven't seen the latest updates, but I want to say that the last I saw, it looked like the Dallas arena staff was going to kick the fans out and KD came over to tell them not to do that. Don't worry about it. And just, you know, told them essentially, just don't do that. What you were just doing, not cool. Don't do that again. That's the case. I respect being able to have a conversation, change up the vibes, and move forward accordingly. Right? Makes sense. I don't know how I ended up talking about Kevin Durant on this pod after that, but hey, here we are. I think for the fourth time, I'm going to say I'm going to wrap up this podcast. And thank you all for tuning in to this Wrap It Up podcast. (laughs) Listen, I guess it's been a while, right? I haven't done this pod in a week and maybe I was just excited. And now I'm losing my voice. I need water. So I really should end this pod. And as I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is Canada Hoops Daily Presents Wrap It Up Podcast. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, which is tomorrow, Friday night, against the Atlanta Hawks. Looking for a dub on the second night of a back-to-back. See ya.